Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Well, today we'll continue our study with W. Philip Keller. Uh, a Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's our summer series book. Uh, the book's available on Amazon as well as uh, Kindle and anywhere you can find a book. It's one of the old ones. Uh, but it's a wonderful book Dr. Philip Keller wrote on. He, as a young man, actually owned sheep and then later on in life became a pastor. And it's the things that he learned uh, over the time. And so this week we're in chapter 5. And in chapter 5 we talk about cast sheep. And that just means when sheep fall over and they need the shepherd to bring them uh, back up because they can't do it on their own. They're, they're helpless, defenseless animals. And uh, so that's really what the chapter deals with. But as we look at Psalm 23, we're looking at the, the part of the verse where it says, He restores my soul. He restores my soul. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today as we look at cast sheep. This is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study these things meant and he said to him your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound your father has killed the fatted calf but he was angry and would not go in therefore the father came out and pleaded with him so he answered and said to his father lo these many years i have been serving you i've never transgressed you your commandment at any time and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as your son, as soon as, your, uh, as soon as this son of yours came, he doesn't even call him his brother. He's like, as soon as your son. How many of us do that to our spouses? That's your son. That's your daughter. No, that's, that's your kid. They're, they're ours, right? Who's devoured your livelihood with harlots. You killed the fatted uh, calf for him, and he said to him, uh, to him, Son, you are always with me. All that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. So as we look at these cast sheep, we need to look at it as, as we should celebrate and rejoice when a shepherd, when our good shepherd places a cast sheep back on its feet. R goes and finds the lost sheep. There should be rejoicing in the church, but I'm afraid what's happening in the church is we're like the prodigal son. And we're focused on the wrong things. We're, we're focused on the other person's sin. That, 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 that couldn't be forgiven. That sin can't be forgiven. We start feeling self-righteous. And guess what you start doing? You're adding wool to your coat 
and you're becoming so heavy, you're going to fall down and be cast. See, when we talk about this first part of being cast, what we're talking about first is, is understanding. Like, I love what Philip Keller says. Like, every one of his sheep he had account for. Even when he was going out of town, the one sheep that he knew would always fall, his son had to account for him every day. Why? Because when the sheep gets cast, the buzzards come. He already knows where the sheep is because they're getting ready to eat. He only has a few hours before that sheep is dead. That shepherd's going to look for that sheep. And, and that's important for us to remember. It's like at the end of the day, we have to remember that Jesus cares about every one of us. And we can't be so judgmental about somebody coming into the church or what sin that they had. Oh, that's your brother. That's a, no, they're our family. That's our church family. Right? It's hard. It, it, you know, sometimes it gets really tough. But it's like the more that you allow that religion to come start focusing into your life, you start allowing that, that wool to start building up. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion for them. In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, it says, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he, uh, has he said, and he will not do it? Or he has spoken, and it will not, uh, he will not fulfill it. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christ is about having compassion on everyone because we're all made in the image of God. We're all made in the image of God. Okay? So Christ has compassion on everyone. Even the satanic leader, Christ has compassion on. The atheist, the Muslim, the Buddhist, the Buddhist who says, I have enlightenment, but Buddha never said he was, I am the light. Only Jesus did. All these things we have to remember that they are, they are sheep that are cast that need to be cared for by the shepherd. And they need to be restored just as you needed to be restored. It's important for you to remember that. Don't forget where God pulled you from. Don't get on a high horse and think you got it all figured out. Because you don't. Don't be looking down on somebody else like the prodigal son, the, the prodigal son's brother, or the tax collector. At least I'm not like, because that's what we do. I'm not like that sheep. I may have done this, but I'm not, I didn't do that. And we've got to be very careful with that. So the first sheep that he talks about is, is too fat because of the wool. And the wool represents sin, anxiety, and things that were not given over to God. Okay? We're not giving them over to God. And the wool becomes heavy and fat. And the sheep, when they lie down, is comfortable. And so they lie down. And guess what? They roll over because they got so much wool. And they lose their center of gravity. And eventually they lose their feet. And then all of a sudden, they're in a panic. And they have become cast. And 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 says, For all the world... For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. One of the things that causes us to take wool on is sin. It's sin. We allow those things to, uh, to be part of our, our daily driver, whether it's the, you know, these three things that are given here, the pride of life, or the, the desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes. 
Do you understand those three elements that are given in that verse are the same three elements that, that, that Eve dealt with? The tree was good for food. That is the lust of the flesh. The tree was pleasant to, to the eyes. That was lust of the eyes. It was the tree to be desired to make one wise. That is the pride of life. So is there, is there some kind of sin, wool that you're carrying? Are you, are you willing to allow the shepherd to shear you and take, take care of it, get rid of it? The other thing that happens with that is, is it becomes things that we're not turning over to God. It can be anxiety. And, and, and that's something else within it. It can be things that we're hanging on to. Unforgiveness. Stress. You're not trusting God. Right? It's, it, you, and the wool is just... And you're trying to get walking. And you're carrying all this wool. And you're about to be cast. And Luke 15 verses 4 through 7 says, What of you having a hundred sheep, if he had lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country? And go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors and saying to them, Rejoice with them, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over the one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And I love what Philip Keller says. When he, as soon as he knew that there was a sheep missing, he goes, I would start to run towards it. Hurry as fast as I could, for every minute was critical. And to understand, like, your shepherd, your good shepherd, leaves the 99, right? So God the Father is, is saying, hey, it's time to go. So he gets Jesus, and he leaves the 99, and he sends Christ out to go searching for the sheep. And, and to understand, like, the, the other sheep are taken care of. God's got them. Because I hear a lot of times, well, why would he leave the rest of the flock? The other question is, was that sheep part of the flock? Was it a believer? You ever ask that question? Drifted away. Because it was part of the flock. It was one of the 99. Or is it lost? Never knew Christ. And he's going after him. It's both of those are true. And so when we think about a missing sheep, your good shepherd, Jesus Christ, is going, where's Kirk? Where's Michael? Where's Jess? Where's Allie? Where's Donna? Where's Floor? Where's Teresa? Where's Jay? Where's Court? He's searching for you. As soon as you start drifting, he's looking for you. Drawing you back, trying to draw you back. The two other parables for the, the lost sheep, the other one that reinforces the main point is the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. And, and they do talk about lost people. And so when the good shepherd wants to pursue another lost lamb, the 99 who are in the fold can joyfully support the rescue and joyfully support when the sheep is returned. Right? And I love the care that he talks about. Dr. W. Philip Keller talks about when the sheep are cast, they have to gently raise the sheep up. And then he has to massage the legs because they've lost circulation. You know how much care that is? How much love that is for that animal? And he refers to us as that sheep. In Psalm 55, 22, it says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and He'll sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. You know His voice. You're His children. When, he's, when, you're, when you're dealing with 
sin or you're dealing with anxiety, First Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. It's important for us to remember that in this life, you're going to go through trauma and turmoil and death and illness and all these things you're going to go through. But you need to stick to the Good Shepherd. But what happens when we don't let go of that stuff, right? We, we need to remember, like, how do you hear His voice? Through His Word and prayer and fellowship. We're going to talk about the beauty of the body of Christ this weekend and how important that is, the unity in the body. But how, like, if, if I'm the big toe and I ain't there, y'all ain't walking, Right? It requires all of us because some of y'all may be ligaments, some may be the other toes. You know, it requires Christ the head, but we all have to be working together in unity and love. And we need to know his voice. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they will follow me. In John 10, verses 27. <clears throat> in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. Uh, when is your, your, your work done? When you take your last breath on this earth. That's it. That's, that's it. That's all you get. If you think about where you're at, what are you focused on? What, do you, what weight are you carrying? You know, I, I, to understand like, he, it, like the work, the good work that he's prepared for you is, is going to continue on until you take your last breath. Philippians 2.13, it is God who works in you. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And then remember we talked about equipping in Hebrews 13, 21. Equip you with every good that you may do his will working in us. That which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. And understand like Satan even wants to try to get at you. And Satan even came after Simon. Peter. He tells him in Luke 22 verse 31 through 32. Simon, Simon, behold Satan demanded to have you. That he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for, your, uh, for you that your faith may not fail. Then he goes, no, I told Satan he can't mess with you. No, I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. What happens when we carry too much wool? There's a, a sheep, and I'll have to show you the picture. I don't know if y'all can see it from here. I don't know how good y'all's eyes are. Um, Shrek, the sheep, was missing for six years. Shrek didn't want anything to do with shearers at all. He hated when the shepherd would shear him. He wouldn't, he wouldn't allow it. So when Shrek would be found after six years, now for whatever reason, this sheep didn't end up cast, right? But when Shrek was found, six years, he was hiding in caves throughout New Zealand. Plenty of water, plenty of food. But the shepherd never stopped looking for him in six years. What are you carrying? What did you walk in here with today? What are you not turning over to God? This is the representation of a cast sheep. And the first one was the wool, right? What do you need to let go of? What do you need Jesus to pull the shears out? Psalm fifty-six, thirteen says, For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. For us, it's a reminder, like it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. Some of us have come into this, this study today, and you have stuff 
that you're not letting go of. You have sin that you are you think nobody knows about. Unforgiveness, past hurts. You know, there are a lot of people dealing with uh, childhood trauma from Sound of Freedom. Can you imagine if you've been dealing with that since middle school or elementary school? And you're like Shrek with all that wool. And Jesus wants to shear you and take it out. Because it's hindering the rest of your life. It's hindering the relationships that you have. Because you're still back in middle school. Can I tell you, um, my wife said something a while back that stuck with me. Um, my mom did the best that she could with what, the tools that she had when she forgave her mother. Now, my, my mother-in-law is that tall in a pistol and will box and fight and hit and punch anybody. She didn't care back then. But they grew up in a house that was very, you know, verbally and physically abusive. And you got to a point, and she got to that same point with me, where she finally just gave me over to God. Because she was hanging on to that. She's like Shrek, with all that hurt from our marriage. The adultery and all the, all the mess. And Jesus had to get the shears out and cut all that stuff out and lighten the load. And then she said, you know, I, my mom did the best she could with the tools she had. I forgive her. You know how freeing that is? Because it's hindering you from letting go of that hurt. One of the things she would always tell me is that you're just like your stepdad. You're just like Pop. And it would burn me to my core. I hated my stepfather. Absolutely hated him. Up until years ago. When I hit a verse and it hit me right in the heart. And just like Shrek. Since six years old. Hanging on to it. And, and God was like, it's got to go, Mike. And the thing that helped me with it was my wife. He did the best he could with the tools he had. And I remember reaching out to him on Facebook, and I wrote a letter on Messenger and just apologized because I realized I played a role in it. I made his life, I divided that marriage as much as I could whenever I could because I wanted my mom and dad back. And he hated me. And physically abusive, verbally abusive. I mean, I used to get beat. And so there was a lot of like, you know, and stuff he did to my mom. It was like, I, 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 I had a lot there. And just like Shrek, with all that wool, I've been hiding since I was six years old. And Jesus is like, it's time. And he pulls the shears out and he starts shaving it off. Now I never heard from him. I don't know if he read the letter or not. You know what, though? It doesn't matter because Christ, Christ forgave me for my part. But also at Christ allowed me to move on. And so like when we look at these different types of cast sheep, it's important for us to look at ourselves. And there's a, is there something that needs to go that he's going, hey, I want to restore this little part of your... <laughs> the wool here is really bad. There's an infection in the skin. I got to get in there and cut all that out. And he's going to have to put the shearers down and get the scalpel out and cut it off. Is it unforgiveness? Is it past hurt? Is it a sin? Is it somebody that did you wrong in your family? Right? It's him who restores us. Jesus. Who has the power to help you overcome childhood trauma? Jesus. It's Jesus. Of, of growing up with an addict. Jesus does. Maybe your spouse. You're hanging on to something that your spouse did from years ago. 
And every time something happens, it comes up, and that wool goes, and it's like it's got to go. And you try to pack it back down with oil, right? And every time it happens, boom, it pops back up again. And Jesus is like, it's got to go. Y'all can't move on from this until you let this go. Because I, I'm, I'm trying to make you a new creation in Christ. I'm trying to teach you how to have humility and to be gentle and long-suffering and forgiving. I'm trying to show you how to walk worthy so you don't become cast. But you keep cross-pulling. And we'll end it here. You keep cross-pulling. When I think about that word cross-pulling, I heard this the other day, and I, I was trying to figure out what in the world was he talking about. And cross-pulling is where you're bouncing between two opinions. <clears throat> and I heard it on the radio Saturday on one of the teachings. Dr. Ed Young had it. And he said the term came up from West Texas. Young cowboy in his early 20s, grew up on the ranch. And all the ranch hands loved him. He was a hard worker. He had a horse that was given to him when he was seven years old, a colt. And as they were running fence line out in West Texas, the horse got his foot stuck in the, or the, the hoof stuck in the uh, gopher hole. And it injured it. So they had to put him in a pasture to let him heal up. And as he's in the pasture healing up, these wild horses come in. They break through the fence, and guess what? The colt's gone. The cowboy, the young kid, 20 years old, the reporter was there to do a story on the ranch. The story ended up being about the kid. He said in all his life, he had never seen somebody so broken to lose something that was so dear to him. And all he could keep thinking of was the good shepherd and how he went after the 99. One of the other cowboys was, was actually out on the fence line, and they saw him with the wild horses. So they go to get the, the next morning. They get up to go, and the, and the reporter's like, I want to go with you. And so they go out, and he tells them. He's like, they're wild horses, so if you move, they're gone, and the colt will take off too. So they have him. Lay, he's laying still, and he said, this young man, this young cowboy, so gently so softly, worked his way about 10 feet from that horse. And with everything he had, he said it was from his bowels, he cried the horse's name out. As soon as the first syllable comes out, the wild horses are gone. The horse is staying, but he's looking back and forth at the master and the wild horses. Which one are you? Are you chasing after the wild horses of the world? Or are you sticking to the master? the Good Shepherd. Because what happens when that happens is a new term that they came up with. It's called cross-pulling. You're set in the middle of two choices. And that should never be two choices. He told you to follow Him. Follow me. Die to self. Pick up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself and follow me. There should never be another choice. But you're bouncing between the wild horses and the Master. That young kid got his horse back. The, the horse ended up coming back to the young kid. But that term stuck with me this weekend, cross-pulling. There's a whole teaching in that, because Nehemiah went through that. When they, were, they had the enemy, man, they, and they tell them, that they're coming to kill you. And then all the chatter starts up, and everybody on the wall is cross-pulling. 
Well, should we leave or should we stay on the fence? And what do we do? And Nehemiah is like, he prayed, keep doing the work of the Lord. And what happened? The enemy heard and they walked away because they were afraid of Nehemiah and that crew. That motley crew of a bunch of different people. Jewelers and all kinds of daughters and all, I mean, just building a, building a, you know, a wall. But at one point, they started cross-pulling. And it was Nehemiah that was like, hey, we need to pray. And then once we pray, get your sword, get your, get, you get back to the wall. And if they come to you, we'll rally. If they come to me, we'll rally. And that's the thing about the body of Christ. It's like, we're here together. But don't, man, if you're struggling with cross-pulling, if you're struggling with allowing wool to start building up, you need to let the shepherd do his job and shear you. Let, let that worldliness go. Let go of that unforgiveness. Give it over. It doesn't mean you have to get on the phone and work it out with the other person. You just give that over to God and say, Lord, forgive me for my part. Lord, help me heal up. I repent. I've learned stuff. I repent. Just be honest. Don't allow it to start building up. And then you become cast. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 